Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Congratulations, Jordan. As we record this, uh, we just got back from San Diego Comic-Con where you and Sarah Morgan were honored with two nominations for Eisner Awards. Uh, those the are E awards. and E got that yeah. funny. But a lot of people don't know that. But the Eisner is the E and E got, and everybody who's won an Emmy actually, and who thinks they have an E got, yeah. I'm talking to you, John Legend. Mm-hmm. You do not. Uh, the E is for an Eisner Award, and the mm-hmm. Got is for America's Got Talent. Right. So <laughs> once you win the Eisner and America's Got Talent, then yeah. you can E got. You got to write a great comic book, and then you got to be able to juggle chairs. Mm-hmm. You gotta. <laughs> the only person who's ever won one, Grant Morrison. <laughs> it really was a great time. It was great to it be down there in San Diego. Great to take the beautiful Pacific Coastliner. What's it called? The Star Pacific Starliner, the Surfliner, the, the Star Surfliner. <laughs> it's about <laughs> the in camera edits your dad can make to home videos. <laughs> The Pacific Surfliner down there, enjoy you get to enjoy a beautiful view of uh, San Juan Capistrano and and, su- and such. Right. Um, on my train, there were I'm going to say 200 uh, drunk white ladies in fascinators because it was the opening day of the racetrack. So I guess I don't know what a fascinator is. That's a kind of hat you wear to the queen's wedding or something. Okay. You know, like it's a purple. Yeah, like a, sure, sure, yeah. I can, I it's can shaped like a Cracker Jack box with a little sprawing coming off of it, that kind of thing. Nice, okay. So these ladies were wearing those Jesse, things. Jesse, just say sprawing hat. I'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, sorry, I should have used the Don't technical term. Don't use all this weird slang. <laughs> I should have used the technical term. So I, I was on the train. These ladies are there. They're drinking train wines. Um, we just go, look, Jordan, when I go to San Diego on the Pacific Surfliner, I'm riding in business class. They have train wine there. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's one of the many perks along with the protein snack box. Is the wine made on the train? Yeah, they, they make that. that's where the, uh, Great climate, the, the toilets <laughs> recirculate to, mm-hmm. uh, to barrels. They're oak barrels. I mean, it's a classy operation. Uh, the women were very drunk. Uh, they were there with their husbands who were drinking train light beers, uh, wearing sports sunglasses and hats they bought the previous day at Marshall's um, or possibly Kohl's. Mm-hmm. Can, if you can buy a summer hat at Kohl's, that's probably where they got that hat. Home Depot, maybe. Yeah. Just some just some dudes in pastel yeah. shorts. Have you... Uh, this sounds like a time to use that meme where people are like, the dick writing was insane. <laughs> you seen that one? I haven't seen that meme. No. I really, I really know one that. Drake meme. What's, oh, right. Where he's, you know, he doesn't like one thing, but he likes a different likes thing. that other yeah. thing. Yeah. So maybe in our, so hopefully if there's a, any listeners out there who, uh, you know, are meme lords. Yeah. I think we probably have one or two. Make a meme of Drake looking away from fascinators and then looking towards sprawling hats. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think that'll it'll 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 break the internet. I think we have all kinds just of feudal like, ranks of meme makers. Right, Not just meme, meme lords. Yeah, meme meme dukes and duchesses. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the meme duchy, by the way, recently? Beautiful country. Great mm-hmm. climate for wines. Right. <laughs> should we uh should we bring our guest onto the I would program? Love to. Uh, see if he's ever had a train wine. Uh, our, our guest on the program is a comic comedy writer and podcaster, the host of the Smash It podcast. I said no gifts. Bridger Weiniger. Hi, Bridger. How are you? Oh, you too. It's so nice to see you. I've been on that train one time. What'd you drink? I, I, I think I drank half a bottle of water that I found in my backpack. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited about that experience. I thought it was going to be such a lovely... I had just this idea of riding a train and reading a book and going to San Diego. And then it was, uh, you know, fluorescent lights and somebody talking too loud. And uh, so it was just two hours... Wasted time. I should have just driven my car. (laughs) I will say, I had... uh, I had been friendly in line to a British man who had never ridden the Amtrak before. And I said, look, it's a beautiful ride. Uh, You want to be on that side of the train. That's the ocean side of the train, so you can look out over the water. It's a beautiful view. Just know that it's not a European train. Like, this is an Amtrak train. It's, it's, uh, I guess, subsidized in some way, but, you know, there's no rockets on it or whatever they have there, teacups. Um, And... The first thing that happened when this poor man sat down on the train is this conductor came up to him and just she she just goes, "Yeah, we we want to see your ticket fleet." <laughs> and I don't think I've ever heard a more confused like he was sitting behind me, but I just heard a sound that came out of him that was like, "Huh." <laughs> Welcome just to the bold. Side. It was like it was as though he had landed in America after a nine-month sea journey, and then become an intern in Amy Klobuchar's office. <laughs> Just immediately had a three-hole punch thrown at his nuts. <laughs> he was so confused and upset by the Americanness of this batty-ass train engineer. <laughs> Bridger, when you were uh, on taking that train trip, what were you what were you going down to San Diego for? That's when uh, my sister was living in San Diego for a few years. So I was going to visit her. uh, And it was just one of these. uh, It was years and years ago. So uh, just my my knowledge of L.A. was very limited at the time. So even getting to Union Station was kind of uh, frightening. Then I finally get there, think I'm ready for the train. And then it's just two more hours of... Being jostled, essentially. So, <laughs> uh, but maybe maybe it's time to revisit because the idea of looking out a train window at the ocean—I can't think of many things better than that. That sounds so lovely. But I don't Bridger, remember any of that. What you're dis- what you're describing as jostling is known amongst <laughs> us train enthusiasts mm. as the romance of the rails. <laughs> Right, right. It's a sort of like, whoa! Oh, shit, my snacks! Beautiful rumble. Yeah. 
the lullaby of big medley. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, how did you get to San Diego? Uh, I, you know, I thought about, uh, I thought about taking the train because, uh, like Jesse, I've also enjoyed that train ride, and uh, like you, I love two hours of uninterrupted reading time. Right. <laughs> I can't seem to get it with all these fucking kids in the house. God. <laughs> Just running the, around and the wife. Ooh. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have none of those things. I gotta give a son. <laughs> Jordan, a son. that's fun. You, how fun would it be if you had a son? Do I you have get one? one? No, I don't <laughs> okay. have one. I gotta get one. I would love to get a son. Bridger, don't you it. think it would be nice if Jordan had a son? I think it would be so nice. I think you you would have this little person that would look up to you. You could take to museums. Yeah, think, you know today think of the train rides. Today I did a little hardware project with my son Oscar. Did you do anything like that with your son, Os- uh, Jordan? Jesse, I, I don't know. Sorry, I know, I know, I, I know, I created this confusion. So yeah, uh, this is all on me. Right, I made my bed and I'm currently lying in it. Sure, but earlier when I said I had a son or sons, I was just lying so Bridger would think I was cool. <laughs> Jordan, you probably spent the day. You probably just wasted it doing nothing alone. I, I did. Okay. I sat and faced forward, <laughs> and occasionally I would rock back and forth, pretending pretending I was being jostled by a train. <laughs> oh, you talking medley, about the chug chug of old medley? <laughs> old medley. Driving uh, those big steel pistons. Yeah. So no, I, I did want to take the train to San Diego. Um, some like timing stuff didn't quite work. So uh, Sarah Morgan and I uh, kind of got up early. We hit Randy's Donuts for a couple of roundies and coffees. And then uh, we kind of drove down there and we had a nice drive. Um, yeah, Comic-Con, uh, very fun. Uh, I was blown away by how... Deadpool and Harley Quinn are still the most popular things. Sure. Um, I think time just stood still during the pandemic. No one got past Deadpool and Harley (laughs) Quinn. Right. Yeah. Um, A lot of great stuff came out during the pandemic. So I don't understand why people aren't dressing like... The characters from the double Eisner-nominated graphic novel Bubble by Jordan Morris and Sarah Morgan. Or that show um, where kids have to answer old people questions and old people have to answer kids questions. Basically, what I'm saying is, why aren't people dressing like the host of that show, Kelly Ripa? How come they're not dressing like those Japanese toddlers that get little jobs to do on that show? Yeah, oh, that's not a bad idea. Dress like a Japanese toddler who has to buy milk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you see, so yeah, you see the you, you see you see the costumes, lots of fun. But I just can't stop thinking about the guy I passed on the street who was just dressed like a piece of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Was he part of the convention? I like to think he was. I mean, he could just be a man who has a job, you know, handing out flyers for a pizza restaurant. Jordan, he could be a hobbyist. Yeah, or I I like to think that his favorite... You know, at Comic-Con, it's, a, it's about passion, right? It's about displaying your, your – what are you passionate about? I'm, I'm letting my freak flag fly here. And I like to think that this guy sat down and was just like, well, I like Archie, but I don't love Archie. <laughs> right. you, know? you know what I love? Pizza. I'm going to dress as pizza. 
And then yeah. you could see a little bit of my butt, which I like. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was great, too. Are we talking about a silver dollar butthole? Right. Or are we talking about oh, a, little a bit whole of the, flapjack coming out? A little bit of the side of his butt. That I, oh. I'll, I'll describe the pizza costume kind of draped over him like a sandwich board. Right. Okay. I immediately pictured Shaps. I I immediately pictured Prince with the, the butthole, the butt cut, <laughs> the holes for the butt. When I say butthole, the butthole I presumed was covered, but holes for the butt, which revealed the butt. How'd the butt, how'd the butt look, Jordan? Terrific. Yeah. In your, in your, in your scenario, the buttholes would have been pepperonis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little cheeks. Uh, Bridger, have you ever been to um, a, a convention comic book or otherwise? I've never been to a single convention, and I'm very curious about the experience. I uh, I feel like maybe uh, when I was a kid, I probably went to a trade show with my dad, Like, but it would be like an industrial trade show for like tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, Still so, filled with Deadpools. Just yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> everyone running a booth was in costume. It was just pure comic book heaven. Uh, no, I've never been to one of these ones, these entertainment expos. Yes. And I feel like I would have a good time at one, regardless of whether I like what's happened. I mean, whether I'm interested in the content. What entertainment expo do you think would be your jam? Like, are you a Comic-Con guy, a soap opera con guy? Would you go to one of those ones where you get autographs from 60s TV stars? I feel like I, I mean, true, truly as a kid, I wanted to go to the video game trade show. E3. E3. They sure. shut that down. Yeah. So now I've got to get into something else. I feel like I could get into like a hair care convention, going around mm. getting samples of new hair care products. True. Uh, new, uh, I feel like uh, not merch, like merch items. Like you go to the thing and you see like the plain tote bags or the new things of merch. I think that would be a fun thing to see. Things that things are going to be printed on. Yeah, finger traps. So just blank yes. t-shirts and chapsticks. Yeah, the blanks convention. Right, to just walk for miles just looking at like just plain white t-shirts, right. you and know, just canvas bags. Just imagining the corporate logos right. that soon adorn these <laughs> The possibilities. The possi- right, it's a possibility convention. It's such Bridger, a blank you, canvas. You just sold this convention as a show to HBO Max. <laughs> Right. This is prestige tele- wandering through a convention of blank tote bags. If you can't sell that to HBO Max, Bridger, you're out of I luck. Think, I mean, I think that should be easy. Yeah. My father-in-law goes to a lot of hardware conventions. He's a, the manager of a hardware store, employee-owned hardware store. Shout out to Jackson's Hardware up there in Marin County. Go, go there for all your hardware needs. And what's crazy about them is... My father-in-law's job is very hard. He gets up at 4.30 in the morning every day, goes to the store, works all day. I mean, he busts his rear. He's been doing it for 30 years. Uh, But the conventions, like what happens as far as I can tell is Husqvarna flies you to Hawaii and like buys you drinks. Hmm. Like that's what... That's what a hardware convention is, is just a free plane ticket to Hawaii from Husqvarna. <laughs> right. You know, just a meet and greet. Yeah. You just meet the new chainsaws. And just at the end, if you're nice and drunk off uh, free hotel Mai Tais, they just say, consider drills. 
Yep. <laughs> and off Have to you tried check a off hammer. in your hotel room. <laughs> uh, Bridger, I want to circle back to your interest in going to E3, because as a child, that was also my dream. It seemed like, uh, I mean, an absolute fantasy. Yeah, a final fantasy. Oh, yeah, oh of course. Mm-hmm. How could it not be? Um, if you did go to E3, who who would you most like to meet? Are you are you a Sonic guy? Are you a Donkey Kong guy? Oh, so we're talking about me meeting fictional characters? Uh, yeah, sure. That sounds like a fun thing to talk about for a couple minutes. <laughs> I mean, I you would, could uh, meet any goddamn I mean, I just wanna... guy. You could meet Winnie the fucking Pooh. <laughs> You're not gonna meet Winnie the Pooh at E3. I met Winnie the Pooh. Well, Got maybe, his fucking autograph. Sure, at Disneyland. Gave him a big fucking hug. How many video games does Winnie the Pooh have? <laughs> I don't know, a bunch, I bet. <laughs> I, I, none of them have crossed my desk. Well, <laughs> you should talk to your secretary, Bridger. <laughs> okay, I've Googled Winnie the Pooh video games. Just wanted okay. to... <laughs> They're all extremely all violent. What about Winnie the Pooh's rumbly tumbly adventure? <laughs> For the GameCube? <laughs> what about that right there? Okay. Fucking, God, these fucking people. So we got Tigger's Honey Hunt. I guess that's not a mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh game, but that's No, right. that one's more about Tigger trying to get some pussy. <laughs> the old Honey Hunt. Um, let's He's see. at so the hardware got... convention. He's looking for some self-tapping screws, if you know what I'm talking about, Jordan. I do. We've got Piglet's Big Game. So it seems like a lot of the Pooh... <laughs> cast has had their own game winnie the pooh has not gotten his own starring thing what about party time with winnie the pooh for playstation party time (laughs) that can't possibly be true (laughs) it's winnie the pooh (laughs) trying to convince you to do cocaine in the bathroom of the rainbow room come on (laughs) i made this whole video game for you (laughs) (laughs) no as a as a kid what was the what was the video game that would have gotten you the most excited Zelda, for sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Zelda, Banjo Kazooie. Uh, lifelong fan. But Zelda, I think. Would, I mean, to go to wherever. They probably held, held it at the Staples Center or something. Where was E3 happening? Yeah, I think it's at that, that downtown LA convention center. Oh, right. The thing off the freeway there. That's the one. <laughs> to wander into that with a bunch of, you know, middle aged businessmen and meet Link from. The Legend of Zelda. Right. Would have lost my mind. Yeah. What a thrill. Bridger describing the Los Angeles Convention Center as that thing off the freeway is a level of ignorance of conventions that I'm starting to find suspicious. <laughs> like Bridger is running a, a short to medium con on us that involves him pretending he's never been to a convention, but actually <laughs> all he does is go to conventions. <laughs> This guy goes to CatCon. They're all just commonplace to me at this point. He's been all all the marijuana equipment conventions that they're always <laughs> advertising on low rent billboards. I just drive a truck around with all of the booth scaffolding and uh, pamphlets. <laughs> yeah, ready to go at, at a moment's notice. This guy's full of heat lamp nachos. <laughs> all this guy does is. Eats all his meals at conventions. Do we count an auto show as a, a convention, or is that a separate category? No, it's absolutely a convention. Have you been to the auto show? Uh, yeah, I've been to my share of auto shows. What's uh, your share? Three, four? I mean, uh, my <laughs> I probably have been to dozens because my dad and brothers were big uh, motorheads. Mm. So I kind of got dragged along and 
uh, would imagine would pretend that I was excited about the Dodge Viper or what have you. Uh, but I've been to <laughs> so many auto shows. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. What's your top auto show vehicle? What What do you remember most vividly? Plymouth Prowler, the most oh, ridiculous yeah. car of all. So ridiculous! It has those open wheels. <laughs> it's truly an insane car, and I. Uh, I later in life became kind of obsessed with the Plymouth Prowler community. It's fascinating. You, they have these message boards and they're posting like amateur photos of like car babes on Plymouth Prowlers. It's it's a very weird boomer area uh, with this classic car, and uh, I recommend anybody get on those message boards and just kind of try to figure out what's happening there. I'm oh, yeah. I'm looking at the prowler because I didn't I couldn't picture the prowler when you mentioned it, but I'm looking at the prowler and, and now yeah. you're wanting it, and now I want it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love how um, you know, kind of dick like it is. I love its <laughs> dick like shape. I love and you know, uh, back to Comic Con. I love how I could probably airbrush the Joker onto it. <laughs> Yeah. And it would 100%. Deadpool in a Joker Prowler. Yeah. <laughs> How twisted can you get? <laughs> Jordan, have you ever been to an auto show? My dad took me to an auto show. Um, you know, and I think that's 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 a lot of the story of a childhood <laughs> trip to the auto show. It's with dad. Yeah. I mean, I think it, when you buy an adult ticket to the auto show. <laughs> <laughs> and they print it out. It just says dad on it. And then a child one yeah. put, prints out underneath it. And also you get, yeah, a dad. And then it says one bummed kid. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, my dad liked, liked cars, but I think you mentioned your dad was a real motorhead. My dad, more of a Hawkwind guy, but um, <laughs> okay. liked cars. When he's other band before motorhead. <laughs> um, so he was a yeah. So he he took me to the auto show, and I remember we drove past. Did we drive? I think we maybe drove past a carnival because I remember oh, seeing no. a Ferris wheel on the way to the auto show and asking if we could do that instead. And my dad said no, and I think I just cried the whole time we were there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I left for college the next day. <laughs> Later, chump. Yeah. <laughs> it's all carnivals all the time for me yeah. now. I'm never going to get off a Ferris wheel. I'm going to live on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> Everything will be breaded henceforth. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. No, that was my one. My one, my one trip to the auto show. Did you get um, any pictures with the cars? We would get pictures with the cars. Oh, interesting. I mean, no. I have no idea what's going on. I mean, I think I was probably openly sobbing, so I think a picture of me <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sitting sitting next to, you know, a vintage VW probably would have been a real bummer. But Bridger, just for context, I mean, I've read a little bit about your history. At the time, you were a bikini babe. I, yes, I was a bikini babe. That was like from 94 to about 2001. I, I aged out, obviously, but uh, I was all over the country. I was displaying any car that needed uh, – I was up on the rotating wheel, kind of luring men in, mm -hmm. showing them the bells and whistles of the different cars. And like I said, uh, obviously kind of just ejected from the industry in the early thousands. I'd like to imagine a middle-aged former bikini babe – now she works in marketing – 
but she just gets gets the itch every once in a while and just shows up at one of those car meetups in like the <laughs> in like the big boy parking lot and she just she just takes off her marketing garb she's got the she's got the itsy bitsy teeny weeny polka dot bikini and she just starts indicating <laughs> you can take the babe out of the convention center but mm-hmm. oh i guess i it didn't even occur to me uh until you started talking about car babes do you think what i saw at comic-con was some sort of pizza stud yeah i think Certainly. that was a pizza stud <laughs> absolutely god uh you know the the only thing about pizza studs is i feel bad for all the other pizza dudes because ultimately the pizza studs got the papers you know what i mean like the pizza stud has the lineage <laughs> jesse and- I don't follow yeah. you. They're going to gonna breed put the, the pizza, pizza mares. They're going to oh, put the pizza the, mares into the horse breeding. You don't just pick up yeah. a pizza off the street and try to breed it. You've got to no. go. You need the documentation right. Right. for the pizza show. Yeah, running the pizza around at the uh, what is the dog thing? Eh. Yeah, sure. The pizza, dog thing. The pizza agility. <laughs> <laughs> Just someone holding up the corner of the pizza slice right. to indicate that it has the perfect shape. You have to see if there's heat coming off the genitals. <laughs> the pizza genitals. Right. Just like, Jordan, you didn't understand my joke. You're suggesting somehow that something in dog shows involves measuring the heat coming off the genitals? That's the premise of your joke? Jesse, you didn't understand I'm not my making joke? a joke. I'm just saying things. <laughs> I'm just saying words. That's what a podcast is. I was thinking today on the train, speaking of soap opera conventions, right. I was thinking today on the train or yesterday on the train, I was coming back from Comic-Con. I was thinking about how much I like someone that has a, has their own whole life, not a sad shut-in, but has their own whole life and is, you know, just at some point they got into a particular soap opera and they still keep up. Like somebody who's just like, again, works in marketing, 50 years old now, uh, somebody who's a, some of our stand-up comedy buddies. I know Jimmy Pardo was a soap opera guy for a long time. Like, I don't remember which was his general hospital, I think. Uh, but, you know, just because comics are on the road, they're home during the day, you know, whatever. They catch that soap opera. Like, I love that. I love the idea of somebody who has who is a white collar professional or like uh, a machinist, and, but they also have the sh- the soap opera that they follow. I think that could happen to any of us. God, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's what they're designed to do, right? I think if you watched, if any of us turned on, watched five episodes of a soap opera, you would want you would now just be hooked for the rest of your life. You have to find out what's going to happen to everybody, and it yeah. never ends. That's true. Yeah. I think you're probably yeah no I think that I mean that is certainly I I've talked on this show about my my mysterious and I mean mysterious to me is I don't understand my interest in the show Shark Tank I don't oh. I don't I don't get why neither I do like I it. do you also like it of course I've never bought a single item I've seen on it yeah me either I've I think I've seen probably at least every episode from the last eight years oh wow okay so you're you're a you're a completist uh, yeah I suppose. 
I mean, but Bridger, you do a little bit of angel investing. Oh, of course. Well, I've got very deep pockets. Uh, I'll reach out to Mark or Lori and say, yeah. uh-huh. here's a little extra cash. Spend it on the show tonight. Yeah. And uh, so I guess that's where my interest lies. Just you watching where my... A, you'll give them a jingle jangle with a little jingle jangle if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> here's, a, here's, here's, a little, here's a little something something. Get us a business that sells scoops of raw cookie dough. <laughs> The raw cookie dough thing is absolutely unacceptable. The fact that that was ever a trend was horrifying to me. Didn't any of you ever try the raw cookie dough that scooped like ice cream? I didn't. I I pass one of those occasionally. Wait, there's restaurants for that? Yeah. Yeah, I think there were there, you know, I think it I think maybe the idea was for it to kind of come in and replace the the froyo places. Like your Pinkberry style, choose your own, yeah. or like a TCBY. Uh, right. I mean, just any any froyo place that happens to close down because it's you know <laughs> the trends on the way out. Um, right. Yeah. So I could freeze my own goddamn yogurt, yogurt. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, you know, the thing that stops me from getting it is that like, what's the weather for that? Like, if I eat that and it's too hot i'm gonna be so fucking bummed like you'll be too... so sick yeah like anyway so i uh no i i i i the the window were in in which i consider getting those scoops of cookie dough are pretty tiny and I, I never actually do it i feel like i would really admire the person who runs that business mm-hmm. but only if they really do have raw eggs. Like, right. if somebody is like, this is my fucking vision. <laughs> I said raw cookie dough. I'm not going to find something that tastes like raw eggs, but isn't raw eggs. Like, I don't care that uncooked flour is dangerous, <laughs> which it weirdly is. Like, I'm willing to roll the dice because I, unlike you, fucking believe in something. <laughs> and I don't care if salmonella gets in the way. Yeah. Um, but I think it's that thing you that 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 thing about soap operas that you observed, Bridger, is that like there's probably just a like hooking mechanism that hits the brain, and I think whatever that whatever version of that shark tank has has gotten to me. Um but yeah, I think if we all just sat down and watched a couple of eps of The Young and the Restless, would probably be in. Jordan, yeah, do you it. feel that way about Dark Souls lore? You've talked about watching Dark Souls lore on YouTube. Sure. <laughs> uh, yes, Bridger, are you you mentioned being into video games and you know Zelda uh, role playing type games. Do you ever play, play Dark Souls or another one of the From Software? I've tried every single one of those things and want to like them so bad, but I just don't have the strength. Uh, I I need to I need to have some area of my life where I feel like I'm winning, where uh, I have some control. And those games, I'm just I'm, I'm like I'm just miserable. I I can be miserable with the TV off. So I, mm-hmm. uh, but I admire uh, obviously their phenomenon, and there's a lot about it that I like. Which I like this lore stuff is very fascinating, and I'm, I can imagine getting into it if I could get. Five minutes into one of those games, but I can't. I, I your position is very reasonable. It's one of those things where I'm like, I passionately love those games, but if someone's like, this 
shit is too hard and obtuse and I play video games to have fun, I would say, you're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> uh, no, they're, uh, they're, uh, you know, they're terrific, but it's a, it's a particular, you know, boutique item. Uh, even though they're getting more popular, but um, do you do you so want to the, know? Do you want to know? Lore, yeah, I get. I think the thing that I'm interested in about the lore is just because it's so it's such an it's such an interestingly it's a, it's a story told in such an interesting way. It's like it's not just like you watch a long ass cutscene about Margaret the Fell Omen or whatever. <laughs> it's like you. The idea is so you fight. A, Whatever fell omen it may be, yes, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> Margaret or Jimmy, mm-hmm. Margot. Anyway, there's uh, anyway they're the, they're demigods and they come from anyway. There was the it's pronounced Margot, but go ahead. <laughs> um, so there, yeah. So it's this thing where it's like, okay, I played a video game. I walk into an arena. I fight a guy with a bunch of axes and he chops off his own arm and he puts a dragon head on the arm and the arm spits fire at you and then I beat that guy and I'm on to the next level. Great. But then you find out later that like a seed you find in the arena has a story in it about the deal that this guy made with a dark alien god to become an axe-wielding dragon man and you're like, well, that's bullshit. I didn't see any of that. And then a YouTube guy's sick, but here's here's why it's true. And then you just get blown <laughs> away because I've you've never seen a story told like that before. Anyway, that's my interest in it is that it's like it's this totally new way of telling a story via a seed you find. Mm. <laughs> you only like stories told via seeds. Yeah. I'm a seed guy. Some people are, you know, some people are nonfiction people. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'll never get a son. <laughs> I'll never get a son. I like. Uh, you got to get him. I got to get him. Despite my ask, interest in seed. Can I ask you this? Um, yes. You know, whether we're a seed, a nut, uh, whatever we may be ultimately. Wouldn't you agree that at the end of the day we're all storytellers? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> no, seeds. No, nuts. Advertising no. guys. No. Uh, no. Hardware guys. We're all no. just storytellers. We're telling stories through the medium of storytelling, gathered around a fire. You know, like a caveman, <laughs> cave person, cave woman. No. Whether you're a preschool teacher or a bus driver, no, I don't agree to this. Even if you, no, if you're an airplane, wrong. like uh, I don't know, was Wonder Woman's airplane was that made out of her? Who's air? Who turned into an airplane? Maybe the Wonder <laughs> Twins. Is there a superhero who turns into an airplane? There's a Transformer, Starscream. <laughs> Are you thinking of Starscream? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of picturing an airplane and. And his head, his little smiley face, the nose. You know what I'm talking about? He's got a little funny (laughs) nose on the nose cone of the airplane. Anyway, if you're one of those, the point is that you're a storyteller. You know, the, I mean, we we talked, I mean, yeah. So there are great storytellers out there. It doesn't matter whether you're Glenn Washington or Dan Kennedy. You're a storyteller. (laughs) At the end of the day, 
your David Sedaris, uh, your what's her face who played Pat on Saturday Night Live. She seems like a cool lady. You're a storyteller. You know what game has great lore is uh, 2008's Winnie the Pooh's Home Run Derby. (laughs) (laughs) He got a game. He got a game. He got a game. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Now, Jordan, we wouldn't be doing Jordan Jesse Go if it weren't for the members of Maximum Fun. So I'm going to go ahead and tip my cap to them. Each and every one of them, but especially the ones who support Jordan Jesse Go, because you are the ones who keep our lights on, and we thank all of you. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Now, Jordan, we're big therapy advocates here at Jordan Jesse Go. We love it. We lube it. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, we lorb it. We lorb it. Sometimes I lunch it. Sure. We orbit. Mm, yes. This soda with little balls floating in it. That's a great lunch. Yeah. It's food and drink <laughs> in one. <laughs> Jordan and I both uh, have been going to therapy for years. It has been immensely valuable in our lives. I think we've both grown a lot through it, um, learned a lot about ourselves and uh, taking care of ourselves and, and the people we love yeah. uh, through therapy. It's great for the old brain. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do for one's brain. Uh, you got your exercise, you got your meditation, you got your going outside, but um, therapy is real important for that and a good way to get therapy, if you're curious, uh, would be better help. It is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It could be much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It could be tough to get a therapy referral, especially with everyone on Earth being deeply <laughs> distressed right now. Right. <laughs> And BetterHelp is a is a good way to to dip your toes in uh, in a convenient fashion. Our listeners get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash JJGo. That's BetterHelp.com slash JJGo. We're also supported this week by the folks at Magic Spoon. Yeah, they have changed the game. With sugary cereals, they spent time to perfect the crunchy texture and develop an astounding variety of flavors so that they always hit the spot, but without all those carbs and sugar. Jordan, I know that you always hit the spot. I have a hard time (laughs) always hitting the spot. Right. Um, But with the help of Magic Spoon, I do it every time. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's true. Do you think it's the zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five net grams of carbs in each serving? Well, I mean, I'm legally prohibited from making further, more specific claims about Magic Spoon. But I'll just say that my experience has been extraordinary. Hmm. Probably has something to do with the fact that it's low-carb, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and only 140 calories a serving. I'll tell you, it really sticks to your ribs, Jordan, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
I don't. And <laughs> frankly, I don't want to know. Go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use our promo code JJGo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. You know who doesn't give you that guarantee, Jordan? Hmm? Hitachi. Won't get that <laughs> guarantee from Hitachi. The people over there at Hitachi. All right. Remember, get your next delicious... It always hits the spot, Jordan. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash JJGo and use the code JJGo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Bridger Weiniger, the tornado. Bridger, your show is all about uh well, it's all about talking to people, getting, getting, <laughs> mm. getting down mm. to the real, the brass tacks, mm-hmm. having a human mm. conversation, mm. intimate moments. Mm. Your show's about Emma Thompson. Basically, it's about the time <laughs> that you talk to Emma Thompson. Every <laughs> normal human being's fucking dream, just one time to get to talk to Emma Thompson. Uh, but Bridger, are you uncomfortable? Are you an uncomfortable gift receiver in real life? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, are you guys comfortable getting gifts? I it, for me, it is not a thing that it, it doesn't seem like a normal human thing to feel comfortable receiving an item. I don't. Mm. I don't know <laughs> from somebody else who has gone out of their way. I mean, it's. I, I love getting something, but there's like I'm always uncomfortable initially. I never know how to handle myself. Other than I, I'm good at saying thank you. Yeah, but then I'm just—I feel like I've put the other person out. Hmm. I think it's when you get the when you get the gift, just a like, hey, I was thinking about you. Gift on like not your birthday or you know, a winter holiday. Just like, hey, I saw this at the Rite Aid and I thought of you. <laughs> That's when I want to say to the person, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> you were not. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, should I stop bringing you those chocolate covered cherries I buy at the right <laughs> aid for you? Jesse, like I said, buy the chocolate chip covered cherries and just give me that big receipt, baby. <laughs> just drape so it around my shoulders <laughs> like a boa and I'll so play right aid movie star. So sick of paying full price at the car wash. God damn it. <laughs> I'm willing to go Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Yeah, sure. What are you up to? You don't have any fucking sons. <laughs> tell you that much don't right now, in. Jordan. Don't rub it in. I don't love... I don't have a son. I love to give a gift. Jordan gives me a very thoughtful gift. We, we don't invariably exchange gifts for birthdays and Christmas and stuff, but often, and Jordan will give me a gift certificate, gift certificate to a local comic book store. Oh, that's a uh, which nice is gift. a which is a great gift. I can take my kids there. They they can pick out a comic book. I pick out a comic book. By the time we get out of there, 
the gift certificate is is at negative eighty four dollars because I go into the comic book store. I want to buy all those uh, uh, those. I'll be like, well, tell me one kind of comic book for sophisticated regular comic book people, like a saga or something like that, and then I'll be like, and I'll take all of these drawn in quarterly comic books, which are the least sad ones, and uh, we'll get out of it, and that's great, um, but. I'm in a relationship where I love to give gifts and my wife grew up Catholic. I just love stuff. I mean, I love picking out stuff at the the flea market. I'm at the flea market picking out antiques. Love it. And uh, I think my wife finds any gift to be a serious emotional burden, Hmm. like a significant emotional burden. How do you navigate that? I wish I could give her the gift of doing things for others, not me doing things for others. Her, like if I could give her, like I, if I could trip and fall and <laughs> right before that I gave her one of those cartoon ice packs, you know, <laughs> like with the knob and the polka dots, um, something like that. I think that was that would be what would make my wife happiest. Right. If you were able to just open a bunch of charities in her name that yeah. she suddenly had to kind of uh, run. <laughs> that needed a lot of administrative work. Right. <laughs> She'd be in hog heaven. Yeah. My uh, mom Bridger, sends gifts best? to our children. And Teresa, my wife, will – and she does it all the time. And the thing – my mom sends great gifts almost – almost universally she's very good at it um but my wife will like open the box get freaked out by the fact that it's a gift and then just leave it half open in the in the foyer uh for months on end because she can't bring herself to like clip the tags off and put the shirts in the washing machine or whatever just overwhelmed by having gotten too much gift uh Bridger, what's the best thing you've gotten as a gift on your show? Um the thing that I truly use the most often, I get a lot of things that are deeply impractical and that are now just crowding my home. Uh but uh the comedy writer John Milstein gave me a car garbage can uh-huh. uh, which has truly changed everything for me. I mean, it seems like it would take up a lot of space in your driveway. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, it's it's the size of like a Buick. And I mean, uh, how many how many cars are you going to throw away realistically? <laughs> I'll throw away as many as I want. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> as I said, I've got deep pockets, and I've got to just I've got to spend the money somewhere. So why not just dump cars in my car garbage can? Plus, I mean, every year you're at the car show, getting something right, new. looking for new cars to throw away. <laughs> yeah, uh, just kind of sauntering through i could dump that i could dump that does the uh, car garbage can attach to a window or does it have a like to, a base like a commuter mug it's like around the passenger seat headrest so it mm. like uh is kind of in the back of the car oh i've seen those those do fantastic. seem like they would be useful they're i mean they really uh when he gave it to me i thought oh i'll use this probably once and now it's constantly just full of receipts, yeah. straw papers, and think the rest of, of the car is sparkling. Think of all the Wingstop honey mustard packets I could fit back there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm telling you. You'll love it. And what's nice about the Wingstop honey mustard packets is 
your ability to store them in that car garbage can gives them a chance to really honey mustard up the joint, if you know what I mean. Like if you have yeah. to take them out each time, you know, they're not going to – the stank won't permeate, which is what you want from a honey mustard packet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, you got some telephone calls for us, some momentous occasions that people have called in with. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. Uh, this phone number's been saved in my phone for at least 10 years, but this is the first time I felt like I had a momentous enough occasion to call in. So my name is Joanna. I was having some, like, alone time, pleasure time today, mm-hmm. and I started to think about what if all the people I care about die, and then I started sobbing, so... My momentous occasion is that today I had my first orgasm while heavily sobbing. So, yeah, felt appropriate for Jordan Jesse Go. Have a great week. Thanks for all the fun. Le Grand Mort is what the French call it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> the, little, <laughs> the little sad. When everyone dies. What if... Uh, isn't in the Avengers movies, don't half the people die or something? Uh yeah, I mean that's a been a, a plot point in the comics and the movies. You're probably talking about the the snap, Thanos yeah. snapping away half of half of all existence and then never come back. What if? And this is going to be a little vulgar, Bridger. I apologize. <laughs> um, I know you're a virgin. Yeah, I'm it's a, like a proud virgin, uh, <laughs> despite a lot of temptation at those car shows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bridger, if I know anything about you, it's that you're into bikini babes. <laughs> Who isn't? That was a yowza. Um, but let's say no. that uh, who's the from uh, Avengers? That's Mr. Mitsopitalik. Uh, the bad guy. Uh, depending on where this is going, sure. <laughs> yeah, so, so he snaps his fingers and half the people disappear to their death right and one of the people that disappears you're fucking Mm. but you're past the point of no return right so as you climax they've disappeared and your ejaculate just goes into the air where your lover once was and you just have to deal with that (laughs) you you just have to fucking deal with it yeah, and I guess before there's a period before you see like the news report or whatever where you think you did it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Your the mightiness of your thrust. Mm-hmm. God, that would be brutal because there you are, and you want to just lay back in bed and light a cigarette. I mean, I think you guys yeah, know what I'm classic, talking about. Classic post-sex move. Uh, but you're also like, uh, my lover disappeared to their death. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't go to another realm. I don't know if we ever get an explanation as to okay. where, where, because yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they 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 come back. Everybody comes back. Oh, they do on, come back. Yeah, based on the okay. heroics of, um, you know, Captain America, Ant Man, Ant Man. Okay, Black Widow. And do they reappear where they disappeared? Well, that's a. I think they. You do. I think you do do reappear right where you disappeared. So, yeah. So, in Jesse's scenario, mm-hmm. uh, 
That's a strange, confusing mess. Yeah. Yeah. Because they reappear right on top of that semen. Right. Right. Or I guess you wake up confused. Why aren't I covered in cum? (laughs) Yeah. Here's here's my question. So they go to this alternate realm. I don't I don't know that. What? Yeah, no, I think th- I think okay. they go to an alternate realm where Mr. Mitsopitalik lives. <laughs> and uh, he's like a bad guy with a little hat. It's yeah. hard to explain. Um, <laughs> but what if you're just walking around the house, all you're wearing is socks. All of a sudden, you're in Mr. Mitsopitalik's realm. Right. Everybody else is wearing clothes. And there's no clothes store there. You're just in this horrible purgatory indefinitely until Ant-Man does his thing, mm-hmm. you know, getting really small. Yep. And so you're the only guy there in your area who's just wearing socks. So I think here's the thing you need to know about Mr. Mr. Pitalik's realm. Yeah. <laughs> Anything goes, baby. <laughs> okay, all right. Anything goes. I knew you want to stride around in socks? Fucking do it. He's not I'm... uptight. You want to <laughs> walk around on all fours and bark like a little doggy? You can do it. <laughs> Whatever gets you hard, baby. <laughs> That's the do only you... rule. <laughs> do you think <laughs> or everybody's wet. hard all the time? <laughs> or other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I, I always figured, Jordan, that too small of hat was Mr. Mitsopitalik's fetish, and you've just confirmed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything goes, man. Yeah. He's like, he can't get off unless the hat doesn't go around his head. It just goes on top of his head. <laughs> it's it's a little thing called Sproinkore. Yeah. That's why he's the only guy who can kill <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Uh, Brian, we got another call in there? Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. I am calling for your famous segment, uh, Cucktails. Woo. <laughs> uh, today at work, I'm a metal worker and I usually do commercial work, but I was called to do an estimate uh, at someone's home, the wealthier couple. Uh, when I arrived, there were some couple contractors and then the husband and wife who owned the property. Uh, and yeah, so while I'm there, um, the woman who owns the home starts uh, hitting on me very hard, and this isn't something that happens to me incredibly often. So I was like, this is somewhat cool but very weird because there's a lot of people around, including your husband. Uh, it continued on for way too long uh, to the point where her husband eventually kind of stormed off uh, as she kept complimenting me and uh, giving me what you might call fuck me eyes. <laughs> and it was really uh actually quite uncomfortable uh in the moment it's only funny now after the fact um but yeah this kept going until people kind of dispersed and then uh as i was about to leave and her husband had stormed off she told me her husband's working hours and when i could come back to have a swim in the pool with her um so yeah um i think i was just propositioned to uh cuck this man so pretty interesting day for me anyway uh that's all folks (laughs) (laughs) he was fucking porky pig the whole time was was porky the whole time (laughs) holy cow 
uh i was uh i was talking to i was at the uh i was at the offices of our buddies Rhett and link the other day mm-hmm. uh doing some bits for their great youtube show i was talking to one of their writers megan malone she is preparing a comedic piece on um the like most popular fetishes uh and she had like the top ten that she read off. Where where would you think cuck stuff would fall? Just based on based on, you know, your knowledge of the of the of the practice. I'm gonna say num I'm gonna say four. Jesse. This is tough. Um I mean, feet's got to be up there, right? There's no wiki oh, cock. Yeah. I don't rem- I don't remember all of the entries, but yeah. cuck stuff was seven of all mm. of all fetishes. Doesn't that seem high? I don't know. It depends if you split up cuck and hot wife. Oh yeah, I don't know if this includes all cuck subvariants, and I don't want to yeah. seem like I'm. Passing judgment on nasty little cucks. I mean, again, I'm a Mr. Mitsipitalik. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. What I don't about know. cuck queens? That's reverse cucks, where the lady wants to get cucked. Oh boy, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have any observation other than that seems high. I'm. I was surprised. It seems like it's only kind of made its way into the to the culture recently. But maybe that is part of it. Maybe it is like there's a kind of a recency thing. You know, it's 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 hot. It's like scoopable cookie dough, you right. know? It's yeah. trendy. It's fun. The only problem the is... It'll be here for a couple of months, and then it'll get replaced by poke or something. <laughs> what if the weather's wrong? That's the question you have to ask yeah. about cucking. <laughs> Cuckoldry. So what if the... Where is the weather window where it's going to feel right? Yeah, it's either too hot or too cold to cuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a cold cucker myself. I got to blast the air. <laughs> Have either of you guys ever been propositioned or near propositioned in a pornography-like context, uh, such as delivering a pizza or, you know what I mean? Like, no, I've, uh, there's I've, a sailor on leave. I have never um, had, I have never had one of the porn scenario jobs before. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You've never done metal work, residential metal work? <laughs> You've done a little residential woodwork, if you sure. know what I mean. I was a stepmom for a brief period. <laughs> <laughs> and I was always coming home at weird times. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Bridger? Have you ever been in a pornography-like romantic context? I've never been in one. Uh, well, it's hard to say because I feel like if I were in one, it would probably go right over my head. I feel like oh. I would be completely oblivious to the like the beginning of the porn situation. Uh, so for all we know, count, I mean, and again, going back to my virginity, uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to say. And hopefully I will when I find the right person and uh, we, under the eye of God, seal our marriage, mm-hmm. can find myself in that pornographic situation. But uh, a lot of things have to fall in place before that happens. I went a few months ago uh, to the Dynasty Typewriter Theater down there by Max Fun HQ to see our friend Guy Branham do stand-up comedy. 
guy, one of the funniest, funniest guys in the world, uh, one of the funniest men in the world, let's say. So we're avoiding the pun. And uh, a guy, you know, he's a comedian, but also at the end of the day, mm. a storyteller. Right. And he told a story about being in, I believe it was San Diego, at a gay porn party. It's like a party for people who are friends from the world of gay porn. You know, like work work buddies, mm-hmm. you know. And as he told this story, it just sounded so extraordinary. I was like, I feel like as gross as I think boys are, I feel like I'd do some cocaine there and, you know, have... Not, I'm, Maybe not full penetration, but like do some sex acts just because you'd be you're there. It's it's wild. What an amazing thing to get to see. Sure, it's like be a go- part of. It's like going to the state fair and getting the fried Twinkie. Yes. Right. The that's exactly. pornography in the air. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Guys, sorry. I'm having a little bit of trouble concentrating here. I got I still have kind of my browser window open from one of the other conversations we were having I mean, we had to google some stuff i'm just going down this list of winnie the pooh games <laughs> yeah <laughs> 20 2001 uh you got party time with winnie the pooh mm-hmm. 2002 uh we got playhouse disney's the book of pooh a story without mm-hmm. a tale and you go 1989 winnie the pooh meets leisure suit larry <laughs> oh, Colin, no. you can't spell poon without poo <laughs> That's Wait, the one I one played. Is called, this one is called Tigger Turns a Marine. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what is what no. is Winnie the Pooh up to. I guess he's been on been in more games than we thought. Piglet is just in the background of all these fretting, <laughs> worried as hell. Just what's going on? Oh, and gloomy old Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't get hard. <laughs> Uh, okay 206-9844-FUN is our telephone number jjgo at maximumfun.org is our email address and uh, you can put that phone number in your phone for a decade or you can just send us a voice memo via email jjgo at maximumfun.org we'll talk to you in just a minute on Jordan Jesse Go Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Hi, it's me. 
Dave Hill from before. Here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great. That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. I'm Bridger Weiniger, the tornado. <laughs> Never has there been a more resigned tornado. <laughs> well, I guess it's twisting again today. <laughs> I've taken a look at my calendar. I'll be flinging cows. Time to get chased by Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> Time to throw a house on a witch again. <laughs> That's how that went, right? Yes. Uh, Bridger, your podcast, I said no gifts. It's very funny. We mentioned you. Emma Thompson has been on. <laughs> uh, you, had a, you had Will Arnett on, Buddy River Butcher, just a, a, a murderer's row of guests. I have uh, my own fucking NPR show. I've never talked to Emma Thompson. That's the whole reason you get and it took me decades to get an NPR show specifically so I could talk to Emma Thompson. You have been essentially hunting her. Oh my god. I've never even talked to Glenn Close. Bridger, what I was gotta this, get a son. Was there a was there a story behind getting her? Because she definitely doesn't seem like somebody who like does the podcast circuit. Yeah, it was very... I mean, we started the podcast March 12th of 2020, and we had recorded 16 episodes. We had banked them. And so for the first 16, we didn't talk about the pandemic or anything that was happening, which was probably... uh, I don't know if it was good or bad for the podcast, but whatever. But she and her daughter started listening to it in quarantine. Oh, interesting. And they had listened to... uh, an, an episode with the very funny comedian Janelle James and uh, for whatever reason decided to reach out to the two of us just because they had enjoyed it. And uh, her daughter emailed me and she's like, we're, we're loving the show. And if your mom, if you, uh, you'd ever want my mom on the show, she'd be happy to do it. And it's like, well, the fact, I mean, what do I even say to that? It's like, of course. Uh, and so I, uh, they set it up and then she was on the show. It was very odd. I mean, she's so sweet and such a normal, I mean, to me, she's like kind of, I mean, she's one of the last, she's like Tom Hanks level or whatever, where everybody knows who that is and everybody, they've never really crossed any, like everything she's done, people have enjoyed. And so she's kind of this untarnished person. And, uh, I was obviously, especially 16 episodes in or whatever happy to have one of the most famous people in the world on the podcast i feel like i on. made i feel like i made a big mistake bridger now that you talk about this <laughs> i got an email from emma thompson's daughter <laughs> she said 
she had really enjoyed my interview with sports writer Howard Bryant about his biography of Ricky Henderson. We all loved that. And that so had her mom and her mom would be glad to come on my show. And I said I was holding out for Olivia Coleman. <laughs> and in retrospect, Classic that's a mistake. mistake. I just, I was a big Peep Show fan. You know, I felt like I knew her when. Um, yeah, so I shouldn't have sent that to Emma Thompson's daughter. Uh, another opportunity is going to come along. God, I hope so. And you've I got to at least, now. I got to get a close. You know, bare minimum, <laughs> I got to get a close. Reach out to Glenn. I'll send Glenn. You know what? I'll send Glenn a note. <laughs> I've been sitting on her email address for too long. I, I'm going to send Glenn close a note. You know what? Send I'm going to call her. Note. Send a handwritten note. It'll. I'm, I'm going to call her be a handwritten and... note. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> You're a handwritten <laughs> note. <laughs> hey, you. Bridger, who is your most exciting guest on the program, not by virtue of their famousness? Who were Who were you thrilled with or who were you thrilled to get? Uh, for reasons other than that they are one of the great world treasures. Uh, so just fame aside, anything, just somebody who I was excited to talk about, to talk to? Yeah, I'll give you an example. We've had Lisa Loeb on this program. Now, Lisa right. is brilliantly talented. She's quite famous. She might not be the most famous person that's ever been on this show, but she's the only one that I have had a crush on since I was 13. So. Right. What it could doesn't have to be that you had a crush on them since you first saw the video for stay parentheses I missed you, <laughs> um and it like completely imprinted on your sexuality and then you grew up and you you met her and you're like this is a really cool lady she's really fun and really funny it doesn't have to be that but what uh what was the the thrilling one for you um that's that's an excellent question I I will say the uh comedian cola scola it's a a friend but uh somebody who i just you know like within comedy there are a lot of people to be jealous of uh and cola is someone that i can't be jealous of because i feel like their talent level and their i think they're just unbelievably funny so i was thrilled to have them on and they they're gave so, me when they were on when they were on julie klausner's tv show i think right. i probably sent th Enough emails to Julie Klausner about how funny Cola Scola is that Julie Klausner was mad at me that I wasn't emailing her about how funny she is. She's obviously brilliantly funny. Uh, of course. But Cola Scola was so fucking hilarious on that show, I couldn't believe it was real. Right. Cole is just like operating on a level where you can't be jealous of them because it's just like, well, that's just superhuman talent that's just goes so far beyond what i could ever imagine doing so anytime i get to talk to them i just have a fantastic time and they gave me maybe the most expensive gift i've gotten on the show or the most gratuitous which is this beautiful waffle maker from william sonoma which <laughs> wow. is uh, oh, wow. just deeply unnecessary and yeah. that was part of the reason that they gave me the waffle maker but uh i think to this day probably still the nicest i mean it's like i'm never going to get married and it felt like a wedding gift, a beautiful wedding gift. You a waffle yeah, that's guy? like when I love a waffle. Me too. Yeah, I think a waffle well, is better than a pancake. I'll I'm take just a waffle over it. a pancake or a French toast because it's got more browned parts. Yeah, it's just a, it's uh, you can dress it up the way you want. It's not too sweet to begin with. 
as big a fan as I am of Cola Scola, which is huge, I'm a similarly big fan of the Maillard reaction. That's the flavor transformation that takes place when you brown your food. That's why I love waffles. Mm. It's called the Maillard reaction? Yeah. Ooh, this is interesting. Is it named after somebody? Yeah, Cola Scola. <laughs> of course. <laughs> They're so fucking funny. Make those little videos. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Would John Waffle been a funny answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, John Waffle's a funny answer to almost anything. Sure. It's fun to say John Waffle. <laughs> Uh, well, Bridger, it's been a joy to have you on the program. We're so thankful to you. Thanks for making the time. I've had uh, such a terrific time. Thank you for having me. Bridger Weiniger, uh, uh, I said no gifts, the podcast, uh, no relation to former major league baseball manager, Butch Weiniger or siblings or. Is there a Butch Weiniger? There is 100% a Butch Weiniger. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard the Weiniger name outside of Utah. Well, here you go. <laughs> go look up Butch. You're going to have a lot of fun with that. You're not Butch Weiniger. Have any fun with that. Unremarkable. <laughs> uh, our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Did I tell you, Jordan, that I met the Light in the Attic Records guy? You did. Yeah, it's Swamp Dog's birthday party. There mm-hmm. you go. Thanks, Light in the Attic Records. We appreciate you letting us use this song. And the Free Design signed off on it, too. So our thanks to the Free Design as well. Our producer, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Uh, we've got uh, Val on the live stream there. And uh, we're on social media, MaximumFun.reddit.com, uh, at Jordan underscore Morris, and at Jesse Thorne on Twitter, at Jordan David Morris. And at put.this.on on Instagram. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, you'll put up a Facebook post. Well, let's say somebody, let's say a friend of the show has a new cool thing going on. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that? Throw it up there on the Facebook page. There you go. So don't miss that. Facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.